Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, the Socceroos have made history. Their first win at a World Cup since 2010. Their first clean sheet since 1974. And a whole nation of smiling and very happy Aussies today. I'm joined by a panel of experts as we dissect it all for you and ask some of the big questions moving forward. I'm your host, Amy Duggan, and this is the Optus Sport Podcast. Let's get into the Gagan Pod. It is great to be joined by a couple of legends of the game on this very happy morning after a Socceroos victory. Michael Bridges, 87 Premier League appearances and uh, somewhat of an Aussie at times that he chooses. And today you are going to be one of us. Bridgie, welcome. Great to be here and what a day or morning it has been. Brilliant result for the Socceroos. And yeah, even in the UK where I'm based, I was getting text messages and phone calls and everything saying, what a performance by this group of players. So can't wait to get into it. Well, one of those uh, alumni of the Socceroos with 26 appearances and our resident Socceroos striker, Scotty McDonald. Great to have you smiling with us this morning as well. I think as a nation, we're smiling this morning. It's just wonderful to see so much attention for the game again. Back page, front page, you open up your apps, it's everywhere. It's wonderful to see and it's been a long time in coming, you know, since we won a game at a World Cup. So it's, uh, let's be positive this morning, shall we? All right, we will do that. And of course, we will hear from Mark Schwarzer, who's also absolutely buzzing, but over in Qatar. The Socceroos have done it. They've beaten Tunisia. They've put themselves in the driver's seat of the group. I'm buzzing as well. Scotty, what a feeling this is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, look... I asked particularly that we come out fast, we press, we bully. We did that, particularly first half. It was awesome to see, you know, that's that's what we epitomise Australian, you know, not just football, but sport as, you know. We get in people's faces, we have a go, um, you know, and, and full credit to Graham Arnold and his team um, for the performance, particularly first half. It was flawless. Yes, the only thing you would have said, could we have got another goal? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but Mitchy Duke as well. What a moment for him. Obviously, an ex-teammate of mine. Um, and I know it's you know a lot of people don't realise that the sacrifices he's made, going to Japan on his own. His wife still lives in the UK with his son, so he hasn't seen a lot of him. So that moment for me was was truly special. You know, to see and I understood it and, and knew exactly who that was as soon as the, the cameras pitched to him. What a moment actually for the cameraman to actually get his son on. On the, on, the, on the big screen there. It was awesome to see and something that they'll never forget. Yeah, we will break that down a little bit more in just a moment. But, Bridget, I want to talk to you about in the UK. You said you received lots of text messages, but what's the sentiment like over there? What's the reaction been like? The reaction was absolutely huge. And you know why? Because England were so disappointing yesterday. It was, it was so boring against the USA. They got played off the park. Um, they didn't come out with any intent and it looked so lacklustre. So this morning's performance, we were watching over here and watching the Socceroos game and everybody was just saying, that is a team, that is a spirited performance. 
And they loved the intent, like Scotty just mentioned there. It was that the pressing, they, they were organising what they did. The latch dish tackles from um, Harry Suter as well. I thought he was absolutely incredible. Um, you know what his performance considering the season that he's had with the injuries and where he's had to get to Aaron Moy running the show and everybody was just saying honestly how proud and they're not even affiliated with the Socceroos or Australia but they're just delighted that they know that I've been part of the lifestyle there and it was just great to watch so me me, my wife and my daughter were, were going mental today watching the game It's funny that you say that because uh, we were having the chat here at Optus Sport as well we do have a lot of history with and a lot of support from Britain but I I think today, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bridgie, but they're looking at us like a they're a proud, you know, they're a proud big brother of their younger brother. And one of the boys here actually said, and I think you'll find this funny, that uh, they're looking down on us as a chubby, unathletic younger brother. <laughs> what do you make of that? <laughs> well, I've, I've, I can vouch for that because I'm looking very chubby these days, so I'm in that category. <laughs> um, but no, that's that's what it was. The, the motivation you could see the team, the togetherness, and that's what it's about. You've got everything. You know, there was a we've got everything again from this World Cup now. Uh, in in that moment, they had to go and get the result because against France, listen, there's no doubt about it. Mbappe did it again, and um, they showed their their class against Australia. But we, you know. It, this was another opportunity in a game that we always felt we could get something from when we discussed in previous podcasts and some of the stuff we've done. Um, and it's all now going into the game against Denmark. And they're, they're there for the take, and there's no doubt about it, because the camaraderie, and I just thought the togetherness, and that knowing that you've scored a goal against France, and knowing that you've got a result and got three points in this game, and that goes a long, long way. So everything again, and, and so excited. Mm, that's probably a good time to bring Schwartzy in from Qatar. Uh, Schwartzy, can the Socceroos qualify for the round of 16? Can they make it through to the knockout stages? Absolutely. They've given themselves every opportunity to do so. They've got it in their own hands. Um, winning against Tunisia was a must win. Graham Arnold was very upfront about that. The players understood it. They went out there and performed as if it was last chance saloon and they delivered. Yeah, of course, at times it wasn't pretty, but they did what they had to do and they scored an outstanding goal and their work rate, attitude, everything about it was right up there with being exceptional. Um, they came up against a Denmark side. Obviously, it's not going to be easy. Obviously, Denmark are a very, very good side. They haven't performed well so far. They won't go into the game with fear. A little bit anxious, possibly, of the way they started the tournament so far and make, trying to make sure they reproduce the form they've shown leading up to this World Cup. But for the Socceroos, it's going to be another fight. It's going to be a different one, um, less of the physical battle. I'm sure there's going to be some physical element to it, but certainly less than the one against Tunisia. And uh, they're going to have to contain certain players, and certainly uh, Christian Eriksen being one of them. Um, and if they can do that, if they can play with the same sort of attitude, the same sort of work rate uh, mentality, which I'm sure they will, um, as they did against Tunisia, and... Another big big thing for me is Aidan Rustic, if he's fit, I think he's going to add something special to the team as well. Um, I think they've got a chance and a, a good chance, and that's what I like about it. We've given ourselves a good chance to qualify. Well, there you go. Bridgie, do you believe we're getting through? 
I said on previous podcasts that I had the position in third would be the finish. However, after seeing the two performances and the way the last game in that, that huge result, Mitchell Duke with a fantastic goal, I'm going to say going in against Denmark. I haven't been super, super impressed with Denmark in their last couple of performances. I think if it, it's going to be very, very close. And if you're talking about that togetherness and the camaraderie at this moment in time, I, I'm going to go with the Socceroos. I'm going to say they can get a result here and um, get through to the to the 16. That would be absolutely incredible. And um, I'm delighted for Arnie as well because he's had a lot of stick um, from myself included with some of the selections pre-tournament. They've gone in there and he's proven why he is the, the, the gaffer and why he's the coach. He makes the big decisions and the big calls and they got the big result that he deserved. Yeah, look, for me, I, I think it's a, a wonderful opportunity. I think this will be our toughest task. I know France was obviously difficult, the result, we got a bit of a doing in the end, but um, from a physical standpoint, this game is going to be the hardest one and, and the boys are going to have to go to the well uh, within this one because the, the Danish are, are a physical side. Um, you know They like to stretch the game as well, get in your face. So the Aussies have to be, the Socceroos have to be exactly the same mentality, uh, physicality You know, for the last game itself. Bridgie talked on Graham Arnold there and you're right, I think you know, credit where credit's due here because he's had a lot of, you know, knockers throughout. I thought his tactics were spot on. You know, you know Tunisia playing a 3-4-3, how we managed to, you know, I think Brian McCree sort of went a little bit higher, pressed. They they fully locked him in and then Leckie come in off the right and Goodwin played a little bit wider. And I look, and I've got to give Goodwin uh, unbelievable plaudits as well. He's been magnificent. Um, someone that we didn't think was going to start in the World Cup. You know, I, for me as well, I was talking a lot about Mobile playing. Um, all the likes because Boyle wasn't in the team. We needed someone who could try and you know, create something in behind. But Goodwin's set-piece delivery, he, he crosses the ball for, for Mitchy Duke as well, gets the goal in the first game, and he's been magnificent. Look, to a man the, the other night, they were, they were wonderful. Um, but does he make any changes? I think he might have to, just because in terms of how quickly the game's going to come about again and how much energy they're going to need for this game. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm just going to echo your comments there. I've got to, I've got to give Craig Goodwin a massive, massive shout out. He, he got his opportunities taken it, and this is a man that I played with at Newcastle Jets, and he, you know, he was a young kid coming through, and he was absolutely written off at the time. He was told he wasn't good enough to be at the Newcastle Jets, and I really felt for him because you could see the class, and he went overseas to Europe to to learn his trade. I am so happy that he's um, been able to bounce back and do what he's done. Uh, he's just—he's a great kid off the field. He's a workhorse, and he, he's been producing the goods, and he's got his opportunity. So it's great to see uh, somebody that you've seen really get upset by certain things that were said when he's at the Jets to go on and prove um, what he, what he's worth. So good on you, Craig. Well, let's go to Mark Schwartzer again. Who was your player of the match for the soccer is Schwartzy? When you talk about player of the match today, it's really tough to say because look, Mitchell Duke. I thought he had his best game in a Socceroos jersey. Um, and scored a world-class goal. So, I mean, you know, he, he, I thought he ran his socks off. He worked incredibly hard, as did everyone else on the pitch. Um, I thought Harry Sutter was what we kind of were expecting from him, but obviously we all understand why he hadn't been able to produce that sort of level of performance. And it's actually quite remarkable that he played as well as he did, considering he's played so little football and he's had such a major injury. Kai Rolls, I thought, was good. Yes, he made him a bit of a, a stumble mistake, but his teammate, his buddy there bailed him out with a with a with a superb last ditch sort of challenge 
Um, Matty Ryan was great, did everything he had to do without pulling off a spectacular save, but he alleviated pressure. He came out and dominated his own yard box when we needed him, and uh, he was very clean and very secure with his um, handling of the ball pretty much all night. Um, so, look, I thought also uh, any player, any number of players you could have picked out today and said they were very, very good. But the one I'm going to say is Aaron Moy. Um, I thought he was on another level today on so many, for so many different reasons. I thought his work rate was even more than everyone else's, which is, I don't think it's impossible, but it was. I thought that, uh, you know, he was, he was, uh, our main play going forward, he had so much involvement. Um, he was pulling strings in midfield and running the show for Australia. Anything that ever happened generally came through him. And then uh, he's defending. I mean, to get back to defend, he was defending half the time, like, like a centre half. He was getting his head on the end of things. He was, you know, throwing his body on the line. Crucial, crucial blocks. And I thought that um, he was incredible. And so, for me, I'd give him man of the match. Yeah, I thought Moy was absolutely brilliant. Um, Scotty, who would you give player of the match to? I'm a bit biased, Amy. Look, I always look at the front end of the pitch. Um, of course you do. But Strikers' but look, union, son. Exactly. But, yeah, well, Swartz's goalkeeper's union usually. So, for me, look, Mitchie Duke, that goal he scored was the perfect striker's goal, wasn't it, Bridgie, in terms of that ball was dinked into lovely ball from Suter on the halfway line. He pins his man, he lovely little layoff, and where does he go? Right, I'm getting in the box, I'm hungry to score goals, and he gets on the end of it. And I thought as a platform for the 65-plus minutes he was on, he gave them hell. The Tunisians did not like playing him. You've seen that, obviously, the, even the substitute throwing the ball at him. He was causing them chaos, and, and that's what a really, really good striker does. Um, he, he gets you up the pitch, which he, did, which he did the whole game. He was pressing high, and the ball was actually sticking. And that's so important in international level football that, that you're able to hold that ball up and get your team up the pitch. And he did it magnificently. I think I've watched the goal about 20 times and from all different angles. And I still cannot understand how he has managed to get that kind of projection on the ball. I've got to say, Scotty, I love what you're saying about how yeah. he's got the ball laid off. And as all strikers do, where's me next opportunity to score the goal? But I keep looking at it and thinking... How the hell has he done that? And I, you know, I, I don't want to discredit it. I'm, I'm saying I, I just don't understand. And being a striker myself, it, it, when the more you watch it, the more quality you can pick up from it, and the, you realise how good a finish that is. Can I just take you uh, away from the strikers' end for just a minute? Because I also want to talk about one of the big moments of the match, and that was Harry Suter's flying tackle. And I want to focus on his defensive performance for a minute because if we can just refresh, he's only got a handful of games under his belt, maybe two at top flight before coming into this World Cup after that um, horrific knee injury. But how good was that tackle and how good was his performance? First of all, it had to be because it was his mistake in the first place because he switched off at the throw-in. So he had to get back and make the, make the mistake uh, you know, a lot better for his team, firstly. So, yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, look, he, a lot better this performance. Um, look, you, you touched on it there. He's not played a lot of football, so obviously to play against the world champions first off isn't, a, you know, isn't easy. Um, but didn't really dominate the box enough for me in that game itself. A lot better. The Socceroos particularly... You know, second half dominated their own box. Matty Ryan was brilliant too, coming out and collecting. But yeah, Harry Suter was was tremendous, and some of his last ditch tackles and and covering and getting across was brilliant. Bridgie, do you expect um, some Premier League links to come off the back of this performance? 
There was Premier League links before the back of this performance. There was Premier League links before he got injured. And they they won't go away as long as they know that they're getting a fit Harry Suter. He played two games for Stoke before the World Cup. Um, one of them performances was, was outstanding, to be to be fair, from the, the reports that you heard. He's gone to the World Cup, he's on the global scene, and I don't even think he's lost a header this tournament, to be fair. He is an absolute aerial powerhouse. So if he's one of these FIFA cards, I think that's going to come out. He'll have 99 for one of his FIFA cards for heading ability and aerial presence. Um, so yeah, they're definitely going to be monitoring him, no doubt about it. And I I think we will see him get a move um, at the end of this season. But I think January's too soon, but who knows? Um, I think they'll want to see him finish off the championship. So he might either be there with Stoke or he'll be at one of the one of the teams in the Premier League. Just jump in as well. I actually think Mitchie Duke's another one as well because I know he's desperate to go to the UK. I think there'll be some UK suitors for him as well, watching him and, and on the back of that performance. Yeah, and um, where would you see them playing? Like, what sort of club would suit them, Bridgie? What sort of club would suit Harry Suter? Oh, I think any any club, to be fair, in that mid-table. Mid, um, mid I think that the top end, uh, when you're talking about your Tottenham's, your Chelsea's, your team, Manchester United, Spurs, I think that's a little bit too, too far ahead um, at this moment in time. You'd have to get yourself established. So a team that is coming up or going to be getting promoted to the Premier League, uh, I could see him fitting out like Crystal Palace, I think that would be a good good fit from there. You know, he's he can he can show he plays with his feet, but they you know them a Palace are quite renowned to have two nasty tough centre halves that love that aerial battle. So um, yeah, but I can definitely see him fitting in. Doesn't matter what club he goes to, he will not struggle at all. Well, Scotty, you talked about uh, Mitch Duke, the goal scorer. He actually spoke after the game about his goal celebration. Let's take a listen. The gesture was a letter J for the first letter of his name, and. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but apparently he did it back to me from the stadium, which was a really special moment that I'm going to treasure for the rest of my life. So as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Scotty, that letter J for the first letter of his son's name in Jackson, uh, a moment that Duke will treasure for the rest of his life, but also a moment for his family and especially for his son, Scotty. Yeah, absolutely. And it brings a smile to my face because uh, a lot of people don't know the backstories of a lot of footballs and the sacrifice you actually have to go through. Um, you know, his wife's from the UK. And on the second stint at Western Sydney Wanderers, off the back of him going into the Middle East, she was actually living and had had Jackson, or their second child rather, in um, in the UK. So um, he's not seen a lot of him uh, throughout that whole period. Um, and then he's gone to Japan off the back of being on loan at Western Sydney. So it's been a good couple of years where he's bouncing in, bouncing out of his life. So um, moments like that is the reason why you work hard, you do the, the job you do um, for your family. And uh, it was nice for him to celebrate it with his family like that. Yeah, very, very emotional moment and one that certainly tugged on the heartstrings, uh, not just of those who know uh, Mitch and the Duke family, but uh, also all Aussies that have a connection to working really hard and being away from their family for the love of football. All right, let's keep on track before the tears start welling up in me. Schwartzy, where does this win rank in terms of best Socceroos wins? Certainly in the time that I've experienced World Cups, 2006 and onward, onwards, it ranks right up there because I think so many different reasons. Under pressure, losing the first game 4-1, uh, playing uh, a World Cup crucial second game against a team that were very, very good in the first game, didn't pick up all three points, and Socceroos, as most times are underdogs, getting to those games... I thought the the commitment, the work rate, um, body on the line, and was 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 brilliant. I think 
we, I think most people would agree this squad is probably um, the least well known, the least probably in, uh, in ability from what we've had so far at World Cups. And that's not trying to put anyone down. It's just man for man. And when you talk about uh, the squad that have gone in, in, in years gone by and previous World Cup campaigns, uh, I think on paper that's the way it looks. So I think for for those reasons and to keep our first clean sheet since 1974 and then to win our first game since 2010 at, at a World Cup, um, that just puts it right up there. And it was a performance that puts us in a really, really good position and one where we can control our own destiny. And uh, yeah, hats off and very, very impressed. What about you guys, Bridgie? Where does this rank? Well, having been over there and lived in Australia for 12 years and got the passport and, you know, I played with the likes of your Harry Keels, your Mark Vaducas, who had a fantastic run um, in in their World Cup, uh, unfortunately, when they came up against uh, that team Italy that aren't there in this World Cup. So I, I know what the expectations are. This has got to be up there. I've seen the celebrations from, from the, um, Sydney, from Melbourne. It's been incredible. And you think it was on primetime TV, right? It was a perfect hours. So what you've got to do now is capitalise on it. You you know, get keep the momentum going. And I don't mean about putting up kids' radio fees that Swartis already, you know, had a had a discussion about on one of the other podcasts and the things. I'm not talking about that kind of capitalising. I'm talking about sponsorships, revenue for the game, the getting the, the fan bases bigger and just trying to get the momentum of the Socceroos and the Matildas coming into the World Cup. You've got to generate and you've got to try and compete with the other codes. And there's no better way than off the back when people are viewing it and are all supporting. Um, because if people weren't supporting the Socceroos in that game, then they were they, they, they obviously haven't got TVs because you should have been glued to it. And I just think it's it's an, it's a massive massive moment for Australian football. And I hope we do it in the right way. Well, Scotty, we've seen those scenes that Bridges talked about in Fed Square. It's got to be uh, for me one of the biggest celebrations of Aussie sport outside a stadium and outside the country. Uh, you know, gathering people from everywhere all in together for the love of the game. How big a step forward is this for the game in Australia? I think uh, it's so crucial because we sit in that that moment, that period right now. Uh, a, a little bit of similarity from 2006, isn't it? You know, I, I know we had the, the excitement of all the, the golden generation playing at, at the highest level in the Premier League, particularly, and there were, there were big names and everyone knew who they were. This team isn't really that. Um, so if you put that in... And the scale of things, and and the and getting a victory at the World Cup, only our third ever, you know, it's 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 unbelievable. So, um, look, and it's nice to see all those celebrations, isn't it? And uh, actually, the press going to be positive about that, even though there's flares there and everything else. Oh, we're going to be okay with that because the national teams won, you know, and and that's part of our culture and part of our game. So, the the more people understand this within our nation, the better it's going to be for our game. Because you know, I was at the the Gold Coast star casino last night and there's people standing on their chairs and the bouncers didn't really get it you know they didn't get it that how much it meant to to the supporters and and what our game's all about and that passion and and what it means you know they don't see that a lot um but in the end the 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 bouncers calmed down and and let the boys celebrate which was nice you know because that's what it's all about because those those special moments you have and you live with your mates you all know Bridgie being in the UK whenever England play you know, the the camaraderie that's there, you know, and it was nice to see that within our game last night. So I hope it keeps going and we can grow this and, and the boys can go one step further. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I thought the performance from overall the whole team was outstanding. Um, I don't think there's ever been a doubt about the commitment, about the attitude, uh, the desire, and that Aussie never-say-die attitude. Uh, question marks have been over whether or not we were tactically organised enough, whether the boys were even technically up to the right level to compete against some of the best teams in the world. Um, look, those questions may still be very valid and still may be out there. However, if we judge it just on today's performance, it was outstanding. The guys uh, walked the walk. They did whatever, you know, they did everything they said that they, they would do. They were trying to, they were trying to repeat and build on how they performed against France in that first 20 minutes. And I thought that they did that for a long period of this game. Um, yes, there were times in the second half where they sat back and they hit then uh, Tunisia on the counter-attack. That's absolutely, completely normal. And we see some of the best team in the world doing exactly the same. And um, uh, I was impressed with just the work rate, um, the commitment, the usual things, that that Aussie mentality. Um you know, if you looked at every player on the pitch, <clears throat> everyone contributed on the pitch first and foremost hugely, as did all the people off the pitch. You know, it's a, it's a real team effort, and um, I thought that uh, they they did they you know they really did everyone proud in Australia, and more importantly, in a lot, a lot of ways, is that they put football back on the map again in Australia. They made people stand up and and take note um, because I don't think many people gave them a chance to to win the game today. And certainly the way that Tunisia played in their first game against Denmark and then also uh, the Socceroos, sort of the rest of the match against France after going 1-0 up was a was a real hard battle. But people have to put in perspective who we played against in France, the type of players you're coming up against and uh, the different level of quality. Tunisia, yes, weren't anywhere near that level. And I thought they were a lot, a lot uh, further below their performance as they were against Denmark. Um, but... That was also a lot to do with the way the Socceroos approached the match and the way they took the game to them. And uh, we scored an unbelievable goal. Um, and I think we thoroughly deserved to win the game and could have won the game by more. The atmosphere was brilliant. The Tunisian fans certainly outnumbered Australian fans, probably, I don't know, probably five to one, maybe even more. And uh, they were very boisterous. They were um, very passionate. Um, and at one moment, I even seen some Tunisian fans uh, actually having a fight between themselves and I think that was the fact that you know the pressure is so huge um, and the one thing I took away from their press conference when I was there yesterday was how proud they are to be Arabs how proud they are to represent the Arab world and also their country and they feel like they're really unifying their country and I think that pressure maybe maybe was a little bit too much for them today because they really struggled to deliver when it really mattered um, and it really was a real, a, like a almost like a, f a grand final for them, um, as we say in Australia, and Australia knew it was, and they accepted it was. Whereas Tunisia were reluctant to openly accept that it was, and I think the the nerves probably got a little bit the better of them, um, and Australia were a lot more measured, a lot more controlled, and deserved 
every moment of that. Uh, that performance deserved every little bit of luck, luck they may have received, but for a man, every single person involved, um, they were excellent and have to hold their heads up high. But we know it's not job done yet. Speaking of the boys, let's hear from Arnie, Matt Ryan and Harry Suter following the full-time whistle. At the end of the day, it's, uh, it's just one game. Our performance, our fight and our grit and our determination, the old Aussie way was uh, uh, very important tonight and uh, I'm very, very proud of the boys. This is why we make all the sacrifices and dedicate ourselves. Um, it's, it's for afternoons like this and in saying that, you know, the messages are already there, you know. By no means are we satisfied with the result, um, with where things are. We're hungry, we want more, uh, you know, we want to get to the knockout stage and yeah, we'll enjoy the win and, and come tomorrow we'll focus on, you know, that game against uh, Denmark. We're here to go as far as we can go. So that one game is done and it's about sleeping well, recover well and get the mindset ready for Denmark. I thought obviously to a man, everyone was unbelievable. Uh, Matty coming for crosses and taking pressure off us. You know, Kai beside me, two full-backs. Like, I could go through the whole team and the subs that came on, everyone was just amazing. Um, and just so pleased for, for all the team, for all the staff, you know, the hard work that they all put in um, behind the scenes that, that goes unnoticed a lot of the time. Um, yeah, just, just a really pleasing day. Let's put a smile on the nation's face. You know, there's one team, and I've said this many times, one or two teams that, you know, bring the nation together, and that is the Socceroos and the Matildas. And uh, when the Socceroos play at World Cups... AFL fans, rugby league fans, cricket fans, they all become football fans. And uh, I can imagine the celebrations that are going home, especially uh, at home, sorry, especially with it on primetime TV at 9 o'clock, kick-off to 11. I think uh, there'll be a few hangovers in the morning. Obviously, to win, knowing that we've still got something to play for going to last game was, was what everyone was focusing on. Um, and, yeah, just that, that feeling, obviously, when the, when the final whistle went, knowing that you've, you've done it. Um, Obviously, we've all seen the videos from, from back home in Australia, the celebrations, it's unbelievable. It's something I've never seen before, so all of that is just absolutely buzzing. Um, but obviously, there's more, still one more game to play, and all our focus is on, is on Denmark now. We're very motivated, we're, we're very hungry for more, and you know, that's the opportunity when you get to represent your, your country at the level that we're doing you know, at our World Cup. It's great that everyone obviously jumps on the bandwagon and, and the support is there and you have the, the opportunity to you know, create lifelong memories you know, th through you know, doing things like we've done today and, you know, to affect, you know, the public, the Australian people out there so much, seeing videos, photos of people, you know, celebrating in Melbourne Fed Square there and, you know, my phone's blowing up and all that. So probably got a tough evening ahead of me trying to respond to everyone. So, uh, but nah, you know, this is this is what we want and, um, yeah, we'll enjoy this, like I said, but, um, yeah, we're already focused for you know, the last game and, and wanting to, to pass through the group stage. Oh, so good, so good. And lots to unpack out of those uh, post-game press conferences. A few of the headlines uh, for me. I loved that Arnie talked about the Socceroos and the Matildas and about how sports fans are coming together for football. It doesn't matter what sport you're from, but we're finally becoming a football nation, Bridgie. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about, like capitalising. You know, uh, that was the hardest thing for me to understand when I got over to, to Australia initially playing football. I felt like it was, you know, your, your, your third, fourth or fifth in the in the pecking order in the codes. Uh, and it's the world game. And I find that, I was thinking, I, I love watching the NRL, yeah, I enjoy it, but it's it's played in a few countries. And you've got the rugby and the AFL is played, obviously, mainly down in Melbourne. I'm thinking... 
you've got to you've got to get on the world game you've got to try and get and enjoy what what I've witnessed all my life and like you say it it, it has been fantastic to see them scenes and I love Matty Ryan's comments because we do as sports people make so many sacrifices and it's moments like that that it's you know it's all worthwhile but then you've got to take it to the next level and I, I love then Graham Arnold's comments saying they're not going to be playing computer games they're going to be resting up it's a massive turnaround so you you know you go from the highs and then you've got to get straight back in the game mode and get ready for the next one and then there'll be another high along the way and they'll be followed by another low at some point it's going to come do you know what I mean but you've got to capitalize on it and it's the, the comments I thought were absolutely magnificent from everybody in the camp. Well, Scotty, what does this say? What does this victory do for Graham Arnold's Socceroos legacy? Because there would be some people out there that say he doesn't get enough respect for everything he's given to the national team. We know now he's the first Australian-born coach to win a game at a World Cup. Yeah, look, I think at times you you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Um, And I think because, let's be real, Graham's been part of the furniture for the Socceroos for time and again. He's had little spells out of it, but he's, he's been amongst the, the national team set up even since I was a boy. You know, he, he, he was coaching, you know, the youth teams as well and being a part of that. So he's been a part of this and that will mean nothing so much more to him than anyone else because of sacrifices he's made and how long he's been a part of that national team set up, playing for the country as well. I like the little touch at the end of the game as well, bringing everyone together. Now, what was told to us um, and the, the press, what was said, I don't believe for a minute that was said. I know exactly what was said, and Bridger, you'll know as well, in terms of having that siege mentality and all the, the noise that's been on the outside. That was for us. That was for us and our families. And you know what? The rest of them can go, mm, right? And we're going to go again, and let's go. I'm getting pumped even talking about it now, right? Because I love that. I love that, and that group's so tight. So um, that, that really excites me for, for the next one. So Scotty, obviously, I've you know if we're talking how how Arnie has been, and and what he's done, and like you say, he's been involved on several occasions with World Cup encounters, and uh, you know it, it was nice to actually see him uh, with Goose hitting just before the the World Cup as well. They've got mm-hmm. together with that. So has he proved himself enough to be given a contract renewal, Paul? Um, yes, absolutely, he has. However, um, everyone has their timeline. Um, can he do any better than what he has done already? I think that's the biggest question to be asked by all, even by himself, that can he take the, the team and the nation any further than what he has? Um, obviously, that's a question for, for Graham to, to answer himself and, and obviously the FA. Um, look, I think probably it's going to be, I, I think as a nation, I think we want to probably go in a different direction and give the, the game a little bit more of... An excitement moving in, and that's not no detriment to, to Graham, but I, I think it's probably time for a, a different voice um, and a different direction. Um, but he's done a wonderful job. When we look back on it, we're going to say that, that Graham, you know, has been very, very successful and, and done a wonderful job. Um, but again, that's up to the powers that be and, and Graham to see if they're, they're going to go once again uh, and if he can handle it as well, because it's a lot of pressure, you know, and, and dealing with the press and the negativity around. The team and how it's been for the last four years, it's been hard for him. Well, I remember bumping into Warney and Clarkey down um, in Sydney at the headquarters of the FFA 
during COVID, just when they were coming out, and Arnie was like going crazy. I said, how are you handling it? He said, I'm going crazy. I can't get in the park. I'm sick of this. I need to be doing something. And he was just going, he, he just looked like a raving lunatic. Do you know what I mean? But it, it, but to see him back into his zone and getting back in his groove, um, I think it, it was it was just reward, that result. Um, and you can't do that by yourself. You've got to have buy-in from the, the players and the squad and the staff, and that, that's exactly what he's got. So I, I agree with you, Scotty Sawley. You've got to know when the timing's right, um, you know, and I think because he's having success right now as well, I, I think that will play on him as well at the end of the World Cup. He'll have a little think about things himself as well and think, is this the time now to, to move on because does it get any better? And I think he'll have to, you know, answer that question himself. Well, let's get back to present time because one thing he does need to focus on is this upcoming game against Denmark at 1am Thursday morning. Uh, let's hope we have as many people packing Federation Square and, and all the other venues across Australia to cheer Australia on from that one because one thing is for sure, we'd all love to see them go through to the knockout stages. Believe it or not, there were three other games overnight. <laughs> so uh, let's fly through the headlines of those because we touched on the French result before. France securing qualification through to those knockout stages. But, like, really, it was the Mbappe show, wasn't it? He's seven goals at World Cups now. He's 23 years of age. How great can he be? His timing is absolutely incredible. You think of Ronaldo and Messi just coming to the back of their their careers. They're still going to have a say in this World Cup, as we've as we'll probably come on to next with Messi saving Argentina. But just to, to think of the age... Of this lad and what and what he's actually doing in Mbappe, uh, I mean, I think I picked him in our tips as to get the golden boots this year, and to see him get another two today was absolutely incredible. I mean, he's he actually makes defenders look like mannequins. He's got this burst of pace over five yards where you can't get near him, and he, the the first one or two yards you're going, oh yeah, he's not that quick, and then he just goes bop bop bop, and he goes to a whole new gear. And I I used to see that with Thierry Henry, he had the varavuma as they called it. Mbappe's got something else, and it's on a different level. So, um, if as long as he stays fit, they have got a hell of a chance of um, going back to back champions because he's he's unplayable. Yeah, he looked the part last night again, didn't he? I think. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the whole French team did. Um, you know, look. I think Griezmann in behind him, wonderful ball for the second goal, particularly. But I, t- I touched on it. Uh, previous to now and I think obviously Benzema not being in the team isn't actually a bad thing for Kylian Mbappe because Giroud seems to be the perfect foil for for Kylian Mbappe as proven in the last World Cup you know because he does things that Kylian's not going to do and and I think that suits him really well because it allows him to free up and actually express and, and do what he wants to do within that national team. Well, Argentina also bounced back and it was the Messiah, as I like to call him, Messi, who does it again. I tell you what, when you need a player to step up and win you a game and you've got all that pressure on your shoulders, is there anyone else you can think of that can stand up like this? Do you know what it is? He looked so I've never seen Messi look so nervous on a football field as he did in that first half. And it just shows even the greatest, you know, one of the greatest players to play the game is feeling this pressure because the first result did not go for them and they're all expecting and the, the weight of expectation on his shoulder. He got a free kick in the perfect messy position outside the penalty area and he absolutely butchered it. He kicked it like into row Z and you're thinking his body language wasn't there. And then what happens? You leave, Mexico were defending for their lives. They were fouling everywhere. Uh, I, I dread to see the foul count in this game because it seemed to be so stop-start. 
But when you leave this man on the edge of the box and he takes one touch and he finds the bottom corner, the smile on his face, it said it all to me. He now has got the shackles off and that team went on then. It was almost like all the players reacted off that. The fans did as well. And that, this is this is going to kickstart their, their tournament because... When they were coming into this, it was 36 games unbeaten. You win the Copa America, you beat Italy in the, the, the Finales, Maziala, whatever it's called, I can't even pronounce it. They look like the team to beat going into this, and they were undone. I think this has got them right back on track, and it started with that man you say, the Messiah. That's eight World Cup goals now, so anything you can do, Ronnie, I can do as well. <laughs> so he's just, he's just matched him again. Um, look, watching the game... Um, and Bridget, you'll relate to this as well. Obviously, we couldn't do it as well as he did uh, or does. Um, as you get older, you can't do everything that you used to be able to do. You know, so we're not seeing Lionel Messi beat two, three, four, you know, all the time. And it's still the expectation of the public or even the Argentina nation that he can still do certain things. But I tell you what, the top, top players always find a way to be successful. And again, he done it. He done it this morning, you know, with that wonderful strike, and it was beautiful to see. Um, and let's not take anything away from the second strike either, by the way. That was a wonderful finish, you know. So Mexico for me though were really, really poor on 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 the day. Um, I expected a lot more from them, but full credit to Argentina, and, and let's see if they can pick up now and and go a little bit further and deeper into this tournament. Well, there has been some other teams, uh, most notably Spain, of course, that dropped their first match and still went on to do very well in the tournament. So I think it's still alive in uh, Argentina, not having to hold their national day of mourning, thank goodness, after you know, not watching their team go out. So they're still in it, and that's what's important. Also still in it, and with a bit of ageless wonderfulness on their side, Poland has shot to the top of the group off the back of 34-year-old Robert Lewandowski uh, as he finally got his first World Cup goal. I cannot believe that is his first World Cup goal. That is incredible. The amount of goals this guy scores in domestic leagues. Mm. Uh, you know, if I buy Munich and now at Barcelona and you think what he does for Poland, but on the World Cup, they so underperform because obviously it's down to his goals or his lack of. And I was delighted. It was uh, to see Lewandowski score a goal in the World Cup and get a tear in his eye. That shows how important it was for him on a personal level, but known also for Poland uh, and what that meant him. So that, that that for me was great to see. Any any man of that age that's scoring at the World Cups with his back record, um, it's for the for the strikers union. Me and Scotty, I salute him. That was that was different class. Yeah, I, I love the emotion of him when he scored the goal, like you said there, Bridgie, and what it meant to him. And it, it just shows you the World Cup is truly alive, uh, particularly to the players and what it means to them. Because you know, out with there's so many tournaments now. So much commercialism about these tournaments, but to the player itself, growing up, understanding what World Cups are, those special moments, and for him to finally realise that dream and all the pressure that was on him as a nation, um, it was wonderful to see how he sat. But not just him, the whole the whole team, the whole team jumped on him. You know, so that was special um, and really like to see. Unlucky for the Saudis, I've got to touch on them because I think they actually played a really good game and obviously Chesney comes up with the goods uh, with a penalty save or else it could have been a little bit different in, in that in that game itself but um, it'd be interesting to see how that, those last games go anyway because that's a really tight group. It certainly is and a wonderful double penalty save it was to from the goalkeeper Scotty, you're right. We'll, we'll just wait and see now if Poland can stay top of Group C. Certainly intriguing that group it is wide open. Tonight 
we've got Japan taking on Costa Rica into Belgium and Morocco, then Croatia and Canada. That should be a good matchup. And then we finish it all off in the morning with a blockbuster, Germany against Spain. I know that Schwartzy would be on the German side here. Uh, Bridgie, where are you sitting? I will be sitting with my sangria and my Spanish paella and I am going to be cheering on the Spaniards because I want to say hasta la vista, see you later to the Germans. Pack your bags, get yourself Is that the German thing or is that about and- proving yourself better than Schwartzy and punditry this time around? That's, that's the, listen, after so many penalty shootouts against the Germans and losing, but also just to rub salt in Mark Schwartz's wounds because he keeps keeps on about this German connection and I, I can't stand it. So, come on, Spain. He, he picked them for the for the World Cup, didn't he? He picked them to win it. So, um, you know, they need to pick up for him. I, do you know what? I actually think they'll come up with a goods tonight. They, there you go, Bridgie. I, I think they will when, when it's asked. I think they're a quality side. I think we touched on Amy when we spoke the last time. That I'd like to see Leroy Sane introduced to them to give them a little bit more firepower, a little bit more... You know, a little bit of electricity up top. So uh, I'm looking forward to that game. That's going to be an absolute cracker. It will be plenty more wonderful football to come. Well, Scotty and Bridgie, thank you so much for your time today in the studio. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thank you also to Mark for your input today. Uh, Keeping our fingers crossed for the Aussies come Thursday morning. Don't forget the Gagan Pod is on daily during the World Cup. Hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate these boys five stars while you're there. Also, a reminder that the WSL does continue in the UK. You can get that live and exclusive on Optus Sport. I have been your host, Amy Duggan. Thank you so much for listening to the Gagan Pod. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.